And welcome back to One for One. I, I caught myself. We got it. We got it. We got it. We're, we're good. We're cooking with gas today. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, we're recording fairly late in the week. You can blame this all on me, but you know what? We have an audience to look out for, so we're going to crush this one out for the loyal listeners of uh, uh, One for One Nation. Hello, Nolan. Thank you for having me again. Um, very much looking forward to this one. As opposed hey. to who? <laughs> my, I don't know. My, my right hand. Ooh, that's interesting. Um, but no, I'm I'm happy to be back. And you know what? Maybe a little bit of a blessing and a curse that we're recording this a little bit later. Uh, because that means that we get to reca- recap. I was going to say recap all of the games from this week. And boy, what a week it was, Nolan. We've been very lucky as Oilers fans to come out of a tremendous losing skid on the other side of the hill. And uh, in the great words of, of one poet, Ricky, I uh, hate to say a toe to so, but fucking a toe to so. It's looking good for us right now. I'm as, as you would say, I'm, I'm starting to see colors again, miles. Amen to that, my guy. So I apologize for starting so late. We were going to record on Wednesday, or sorry, Tuesday, but unfortunately, I just, I, I, I could not even fathom starting to do any sort of recording or any sort of monument of uh, productive activity, so instead, Taylor and I decided to watch Too Hot to Handle, and I'm finally getting caught up, and holy smokes, season three, uh, it's just... We're fu- we're up to we're up to episode seven now. Haven't started episode seven, so it's it's just it's it's too my hot. Pet, it's, it's it's too it's hot. far too hot. My it is my, simply spicy. I am caught up on my garbage television. Oh uh, man, what use that term carefully because that show is a work <laughs> of art. Um, so we talked about the kissing booth last episode. Um, guess how many days it took me to watch season three of Too Hot to Handle? I do, I do not even want to know. Um, I'll tell you, Nolan, since you asked. Two. And the second oh day, I <laughs> the second day I only had one episode to watch. <laughs> I hammered the last how, season that came. How out. how much junk food did you go through that that very first day? You know what's really good about watching Too Hot to Handle? It makes you feel shitty about yourself, so you yes. don't eat junk food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. and the, I would have finished all of the episodes in the same frame of time, but I just kept looking at Nathan in the show. And then I don't want to spoil anybody, but the or spoil it for anybody who may not be caught up. But then they bring this former rugby player from South Africa on, and I'm like, I gotta go to the fucking gym. This is disgusting. <laughs> We just we just finished the episode where um where they make all of the boys like paint or do the classic like write your write your insecurities down and then you throw paint <laughs> yeah. on it bullshit yeah. and then they like they 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 shoot it like ultra slow mo. Well, anyways, they cut to Nathan at one point when he screams and goodness gracious, you can see every fiber of this man's like shoulder muscles just popping. To the unteenth degree. It's not trend. It's just creatine. Don't worry. 
God, I never yeah. want to eat another carbohydrate ever again. Dude, yeah. You know what? You say that, but is there any better combination in this world than carb, cheese, and meat? No, that's spaghetti. That's pizza. Grilled cheese with a little ham in it. Oh yeah, that's that's the go-to. I, I I feel like you and I have had this conversation before about when people say like, "Oh, I make the best grilled cheese," and then they throw ham on it, and it's like, "Well, it's not grilled cheese, there, brother." Correct. That at that point, it does become a melt. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, get out of here with your uh, uh, with your fake ass grilled cheese bullshit. Uh, speaking of fake ass grilled cheese bullshit, uh, the Oilers surely were were not a very fake team this week because. Um, well, pretty good week. Pretty good week. That's pretty good. Boys are heating up. Nolan, you did a great job with the notes here today. <laughs> Would you mind if I shared the agenda for today's episode with those at home? Absolutely. Perfect. Appreciate it. So we're going to be recapping, as mentioned, the games from the last week. Um, some of these notes uh, go a little more deep than some of the other ones. We'll be talking about the game against the Canucks, the game against the Predators, the game against the Montreal Canadiens, the uh, debut of a better game. And then we are going to talk about the game against Ottawa and finally the game against the Washington Capitals. We'll move into a little bit of discussion about the Oilers uh, surrounding Sir Evander Kane and the 10-year anniversary this week of the game is how I will leave that. Uh, those of you that know will know and those of you that do not We'll know soon enough. After that, we're going to move into a little bit of an NHL discussion, primarily around the All-Star game, because that is this weekend. And we will recap next week's agenda for the upcoming games for the Oilers. So, Nolan, with that out of the way, let's hop into our little time machine and go back to January 25th. Over a week ago. <laughs> About a week ago. And Sparta. The Edmonton Oilers coming off of a significant win to the Calgary Flames in which they got incredibly outplayed somehow ran into a hot goaler. And I'm going to start saying goaler more often. (laughs) A hot goaler. And by hot goaler, I mean Spencer Martin Brodeur. And I mean Spencer Martin. But anyways, um, incredibly... My close person, my close personal friend, Spencer Martin Brodeur is going to pick me up in my enterprise car. Is he also going to date your uh, sister-in-law or something like that? The nanny who is also a sister-in-law? Yeah. That was, yeah, dude. Man, Mar- Martin Brodeur, a little problematic, a little horny. <laughs> uh, quite, quite H, Martin Brodeur. <laughs> <laughs> Worst Christmas ever. Nice beards, boys. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> So yeah, the Oilers uh, walked in to play or walked into Vancouver playing a completely decimated Canucks squad who are starting their like fourth fifth goalie from the ECHL, 26-year-old Spencer Martin in just his fifth career start. And they wow. were also missing like an entire like top 6 forward line. Um yeah. So this is inevitably a game that the Oilers have to walk into and completely kick the shit out of the Canucks. However, <laughs> pause. Um, Spencer Martin. I mean, we'll just we'll just start off right here. I mean, what a like 
this guy had a hell of a game, and we'll get into sort of all the final numbers afterwards, but he he closed the door for the Canucks. I mean, until overtime, but nonetheless. Uh, Because the Oilers still, well, the Oilers and the Canucks still kept it 0-0 after the first. And then in the second, I don't like that guy. I'll do it. Okay. I'll do it because okay. I'm I'm the king of Canucks hate land. I'm the mayor of hating the Canucks. It ain't much, but it's honest work. All of the shit talking that we have done about one Elias Peterson um, came back to bite us in the ass when he scored his tenth goal of the season on what I am calling just a straight up American sniper style corner pick on Young Miko. What a gross shot! That placement was dirty far out shot bad angle like that's just a sniper's goal and uh you know what as much as i hate it because it happened against the oilers it is actually quite nice to see that that kid has a little bit of skill left in him because people were starting to talk people were starting to wonder and uh you never like to see that so it's good that that twiggy alien bastard wired one in and hopefully uh he can keep that going just not against the not against our guys yeah i mean it it, it seems like it seems like he has these. He, I mean, I, I know this is probably like the third week in a row I've used the term peaks and valleys, but he, he straight up has these peaks and valleys where all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Elias Pedersen will just rip one top corner, and you're like, oh my god, where's this guy been for so long? Or he'll have a an incredible move to create space, and will just send an insane pass to like Connor Garland or whatever. But it's like you said, it's it's nice to see him getting back to a little bit of what made him so special, but it's about the consistency with Elias Patterson. He has to bring back that consistency. And speaking of consistency, the Oilers power play consistently uh, being bad because Tyler Mott scores shorthanded about three minutes later to make it two nothing Canucks. We don't like to see this. Rouse. So they go into the second intermission down two nothing. Uh, and then the third period starts, Nolan, and that is when they saved their best for last. And when Ryan McLeod scored his fifth goal of the year, six and a half minutes into the final frame, the assists went to uh, one Chris Russell and one recently waived Slater Cuckoo to one game. Oof, Maron. Oof, Maron. Shortly after that, the king, the prince of Germany, Leon Dreisaitl scored his 29th goal of the season, about 10 minutes halfway through the period. Sis went to one Connor McDavid and one Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And for those of you keeping score, it is now 2-2 in said game. And Nolan, that's the way it stayed until overtime. In which, once again, Spencer Martin standing on his head. Until the final minutes, though. Remember... They always say it's a it's it's a sixty minute game. Well, it's sixty minutes till you get overtime. Then it's five minute game. Then you gotta go to a shootout. But you know what? Until then, it's a five minute game. In five minutes, uh, <laughs> you, you get. <laughs> Are you okay? Like what happened to you? Uh, yes. So with a few minutes left, Darnell Nor- Norris. Ooh, uh hopefully we'll see and Connor McDavid rush on a two-on-one and Darnell Nurse sends the pass over to one Connor McDavid to score his what what was that like his like 22nd or his like 22nd of the year 20th of the year 
20. Now, can't, drink, can't drink in the States, but he can score 20 goals. To win in overtime. And I will be honest, like, the Oilers deserve to win this game. Hard. Like, absolutely, no matter what, deserve to win this game. And that is the nice part about this game, is that they were pretty consistent, especially in the third period. They straight up just dominated the Canucks. Um, let me... I'm not as prepared well, today because I forgot the, to the write tail, shots. <laughs> the tail, the tail of the tape lies in the team stats, Nolan. Where I'll, I'll jump in here. Where 59% of the faceoffs were won by the Oilers. They went 0 for 3 on the power play, as you mentioned, abysmal. Uh, and I think that that's where a lot of their struggles came from. They were out hit, but they peppered Spencer Martin 50 shots to 27. Insane. So when you look so- solely at the numbers of like time on attack, shots, and faceoffs, the Oilers dominated possession. They, pe- as mentioned shelled Spencer Martin and if it wasn't for that 0 for 3 on the power play the game I think would have looked a little bit different in terms of momentum and probably would have kept uh, overtime away but nonetheless it all worked out in the end it all comes out in the wash and the Oilers took this game 3 to 2 Spencer Martin's final numbers were 50 shots faced 47 saves for a 0.940 save percentage which is like extremely incredible so for a dude to come in like as COVID reserve and stand on his head against one of the, when they're clicking best offenses in the NHL, uh, very cool, very good, very nice. You know, you know what I found actually quite insane about those statistics you just, you just rattled off is the Canucks actually blocked 25 shots. That just goes to show how many scoring chances the Oilers had on the Canucks. Like that's insane. That's a, hell of a dominating performance so the oilers play against a team that they weren't expecting to get a crazy goaltending performance out of and are immediately rewarded two nights later with a matchup against a team that has a stand on his head goaltender vesna candidate goaltender in that of the nashville predators coming to town i like it i love it i want some more of it um we're not going to, I don't know if you want to talk too much about this game, Miles. Um, the Oilers outshot the Predators 46 to 30. Uh, UC Soros just completely stood on his head, on his 5'11 head, because he's a short man. Um, <laughs> a short king. Yes, a short king. And to be honest, the Oilers played really, really, really well in this game for the most part. Um, timely, timely goals by, um, was it Alexander Carrier as well as. As well as unfortunately Matthew Shane, yuck! Don't like him. And uh, Philip, Philip Forsberg <laughs> oh, was, and Matthew was, Duchesne were the ones Philip that got Forsberg. the goal. You're Sorry, correct on the primary assist, so that did go to Carrier and okay. Gar- uh, Granlund. Um, so Forsberg got the first one, made it one nothing. Connor McDavid came back in the first, just a couple minutes later, and tied her up. Second period, Matthew Duchesne, white skates. Uh, leather couch lives for New Year's Eve. He used to be a piece of shit. Uh, puts the Predators ahead two to one, only for the dentine daddy Evan Bouchard to come out score his ninth of the season, even it up at twos, in which it rode out the third period that way. Uh, went into the shootout. Forsberg, meh, dry sidle, meh, Duchesne, meh, but with a little country twang. Connor McDavid, Roman Yossi, meh. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That so, friggin' Tateng was not just a Tateng. That was a blow the roof off of the house goal. Yeah, he UC Saros' jockstrap is is now like signed and kept in the Oilers locker room because he just 
undressed him. Yes, that that's what that's what we call a problematic, uh, cancelable offense by Connor McDavid. <laughs> Again, though, Nolan, looking at the team stats, won the faceoff battle over. Th- Three on the power play once again. Where have we heard that one before? Terribly outhit, but outshot the Predators, as you mentioned, 46 to 30. So another good game for the Oilers. Another good game for Miko Koskinen. Two games in a row. This guy, the big finish freak. <laughs> this guy. This this fucking guy right here. You got uh you got a half drank DC. Are you shitting me? DC is Diet Coke. <laughs> Shut up, Chris. Are you shitting me? I've never. I don't think I've met one person that likes Diet Coke more than steak and bacon. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't think there is anybody who. Well, there's one guy on the internet that likes Diet Coke as much as him, and I think that's who Chris like models the. Are you shitting me? From I'm gonna keep saying it until I remember his name. Hold on, it's all part of the bit. It's all oh part of the god, bit. it's all part of the bit. Um, chug. Ch- <laughs> Chug is the guy's name. Meals by Chug on Instagram. <laughs> Meals by Chug. Oh my god. Protect Chug at all costs. The one I'm looking at right now is him outside. He does like a like a bar stool, like one bite everybody knows the rules, except he's eating a ZD pizza outside of Giuseppe's <laughs> in New Jersey. He's got a big diet coke on the ground. I don't know. I'm sorry. We're supposed to be talking about hockey, but all I can think about is is my friend in Toronto. Uh Speaking of my friend in Toronto, uh, he wasn't in Toronto, but uh, he was in Montreal for this one because oh! uh, the Oilers officially after signing Evander Kane, which we spoke about in the last episode of uh, One for One. Uh, please uh, rate, subscribe, listen, and uh, do all that stuff. Uh, he finally made his debut wearing number 91 on Connor McDavid's wing with Kyler Yamamoto on the right. We're, we'll get to the third line in a second, uh, but uh, Miles, did you happen to tune into his press conference at all? <laughs> I did not, and I'll level with you, Nolan. I did watch this game, but I was I was shit canned. That's okay, because I, I I can I can take care of I can take care of a good chunk of this because this is probably the most exciting part of this. Actually, no, that's not true because Ottawa was the most exciting part of this whole thing. Um, <laughs> the so first and foremost, the press conference for Evander came. I'm all for second chances. I'm all for a, a player coming in and rehabilitating his image and, uh, you know, trying to do what's best for him in his career. And obviously, as the circumstances lie right now, um, Evander Kane is, uh, is as it stands right now, innocent, as, as far as we know. But for a guy that is on his fourth team now, and his 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 first team after basically not even just being bought out but uh, uh, having his contract terminated like you got to be some kind of a douche to have your contract just terminated um, i'm the terminator <laughs> i knew you were going to do it uh evander kane seemed to show no no remorse whatsoever uh and basically blaming a lot of the reasons why his teammates in san jose hated him on well they're just not good leaders and that he was apparently friends with all of these guys on the team so i don't know evander i feel like there might be a little bit of smells like bullshit to your story but nonetheless we won't spend too much time on that no, because he's a king. He's an oiler now. The pass is behind us. King is subjective. Uh, but anyways, speaking of kings, 
He was the king of scoring. I don't fucking know where I'm going for this. Uh, anyways, uh, like so we we didn't have to wait long for the reward, Nolan. Yes, I'm losing my mind slowly but surely. But anyways, he he was on the first line, right? He was on the first line. Great, awesome. Which leads to a second line of Warren Fogle, Leon Dreisaitl, yes, he pulled Lee And what's the third line? Oh, that's oh, that's that's good stuff. That's a uh, Zach Hyman and Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Cassian to feed off of the the stinky Montreal third line, which I don't even know what that is. I don't want to hear you lick your fingers that much ever again, <laughs> unless you're at a KFC buffet. That was rank. But yes, Nolan, we have talked at length about the depth of this forward group and to finally get a third line, Nolan, of Zachary, Martin Hyman, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and other Zach Cassian. That's um, Chicago deep dish pizza level depth. That's a that's a soggy crust covered in cheese and sauce. And what not a perfect test subject to test the, this group out on. <laughs> then the then the point two five zero points percentage Montreal Canadiens. That's absolutely perfect. And their number one goaltender Sam Montembeau. Dude, his uh, I'm looking at his stat line. Oh, it's uh, tough. Six, 16 shots faced, six goals allowed, ten saves. Good for a point six two five save percentage. That uh, is a uh, that is not what the doctor ordered. That's a that's a slice of moldy deep dish pizza. Oh, this poor dude, man. But this dude, was guy. this was the first game Edmonton had to play in a very long time with zero fans in attendance, and you can tell because holy shit, did they look like they didn't want to be there? Which makes the score of this game all the more impressive, um, because both teams just looked completely disinterested and lethargic. But just over eleven minutes in, Evan Bouchard. Snaps one on net, and and it's tipped. It's tipped, Miles. Who could it be tipped by? Joe Pavelski isn't on this team. Miles is making a very mean face at me right now. Oh, Pavelski is not on this team. There's something better. The $1 million man. $2 million man? Uh, technically $2 million man. The t- Technically $2 million man, Evander Kane, in front of the net. Tips it home. His first is an oiler. It's one nothing. Orange and blue. And then a minute later, Zach Hyman scores on a tip. <laughs> Anything you can do, I can do better, except for writing a children's novel. That's that's a good one. And probably also uh, 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 being uh, f- financially stable. that's a deep cut yikes i'm sorry careful evander's a king carefully he's a hero and then less than a minute later neon leon dry makes it three nothing which means that three lines have scored holy smokes what universe are we in (laughs) well it didn't last the the joy didn't it didn't and their start there uh, was spoiled when Josh Anderson scored his eighth of the season uh, and it made it 3-1 Oilers. Is this a comeback, Nolan? By chance, are we about to see the Oilers let a winning opportunity slip away from them? No, we're not. Because two minutes after that, Ryan Nugent Hopkins made it 
4-1 Oilers with assists to Zachary Martin and Zachary Cassian. And then after that, Zachary Hyman said, don't stop. Ah, and made it 5 My glasses. My glasses. <laughs> Where can I get a good bagel? Uh, Sister Darnell and Ryan Nugent Hopkins for Zachary's second of the game. Uh, just when you thought that things were finally going to chillax, Tyler Toffoli makes it two goals for the Canadians, 5-2 for those keeping track at home. And then Leon Dreisaitl, roughly 20-some seconds later, says, nope. Good scores night. One, scores one from Duncan Keefe and Warren Fogle. And it is now 6-2 to two for the Edmonton Oilers. Third period, not as exciting as it was for the rest of the game, but the Carhartt King himself, Derek Ryan, scored with very little time left on assists to oof, Devin Shore and Duncan <laughs> Key. Uh, and Miles, we get do you think do you think Derek Ryan's complaining about the gas prices right now? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Derek Ryan drives an F four fifty. No, F550 with a MIG welding rig on the back of the truck. Derek Ryan has never taken an econ course in his life and has never understood the the idea of supply and demand. <laughs> but you know what, man? <laughs> he gets up in the morning, pours himself a black coffee, because he still has a coffee maker, none of that curing shit. Puts it in a big thermos, grabs his like small cooler of a lunch pail, and goes to fucking work. God, he's got so much oil on his sandwiches. K- kisses the wife and kids goodbye. They're still in bed. It's 5 a.m. He's out the door. Minus 40, doesn't care. Truck's been running all night. Never let the, <laughs> never turn the diesel off. <laughs> never turn the diesel. <laughs> That's the reason why our carbon tax is so high. Fucking Derek Ryan is <laughs> fucking destroying the atmosphere. <laughs> Derek Ryan starts everybody's truck in the morning. Just lets it idle. The entire city of Edmonton. Babe, did you start my truck last night? No. Derek Ryan is just a shadowy figure walking down your snowy street. There's a narrator doing a voiceover. Not the hero we deserve, but he's the hero we need. What the hell do you call it? I know this is going to be the, the, the fucking gearheads are going to be really mad that, I, that I'm i asking you this question. What is it like you have to like prime a diesel engine or something like that? Like you have to turn it over, but you can't turn the ignition yet. You have to like prime like yeah, the your, death it's fluid. Your glo- it's your, your glow plugs. Glow plugs, right. Glow plugs, yeah. yeah. The gearheads. You got one right here. <laughs> fucking gearheads. No, you're just a, you're just a firmer. <sighs> just a firmer. <laughs> just careful just careful i'm gonna jump in my truck and drive to ottawa i'm not in ottawa oh geez oh that's topical (laughs) um but uh, speaking of jumping in the truck and running into something uh cat is that cassie (laughs) oh my lord Wow! <laughs> if anyone is unsure about that joke, Google Zach Cassian drives into and let autocorrect finish the rest of it and then come back. Pause the episode, search that, and then come back because you just like, I would like you to understand the. Wow. Wow! Wow! Fuck. Well... <laughs> Insane. <laughs> 
Go directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. You are on a time out. <laughs> the collections agency's coming for me. Holy shit. So Zach Cassian decides to run into Sam Mont- Montembeau and gets zero response from the Habs, <laughs> which is... I mean, Montreal right now is just bleak. I haven't seen a team like this just dead inside. <laughs> I, I haven't seen a team like this since this 16-17 Colorado Avalanche, which led them to kill McCarr. So naturally, this means that the, the Habs are going to uh, draft the next superstar in the 2020 or the Jesus Christ, it's 2022 this year. That's problematic. Um, they've been stuck at eight wins for like over a month. I've been, I was listening to a podcast earlier today. They are on pace for 13 wins. Oh, (laughs) and their like their points percentage and basically just how bad they've been is even worse than the, than the, the Mick Eichel era Sabres. Like, you remember when like the Sabres were like, like literally fans at the at the Coyotes and Sabres games were cheering for whichever team was going to lose and the Habs are not as bad as that team like they were trying to be good this season not trying to win Shane Wright so it just makes it even more disgusting but the good news about this game Miles 7-2 win for the Edmonton Oilers and a fun little fact uh, 14 of 18 skaters scored points in this game and not one of what's that and finish your your sentence sorry oh sorry uh and not one of them came from number 97 stick oh do you know that the oilers don't win as many games when they don't get points from mcdavid did you know that that their record when he doesn't score isn't very good Connor McDavid would like you to piss off and keep your comments to yourselves, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Because But isn't that isn't that cute? Isn't that nice? Oh, it makes me so happy. I bet you he was I bet you he was smiling the entire time. He's a he's a pretty morose individual, and I'm Ooh. pretty sure he was very he was he was very would jovial he, for this for this game. Would he like have been, I don't know, packed full of pleasure? Perhaps. <laughs> he was ribbed. Uh- <laughs> uh, you know what, man? It, it's interesting how things can go uh, icy hot just like that <laughs> as we go into the recap of the game against the Ottawa Senators. And I know that this one... Uh, it's home for you, Nolan, uh, as this was a game that you were supposed to be watching. You're supposed to be in attendance for. So I was thinking, uh, because Nolan has some really cool stories about this game, that I would run through the game super quick, and then we could quiz Nolan up on his excellent adventure. What's that, that? That sounds excellent, because I do not have any notes for this game, because I was... A little intoxicated in a hotel bar while this game was going on. That's some king shit. So, Jazz Sens- Bar, actually. Jazz Bar. <laughs> you not like jazz music? No, no jokes. Like, some guy was playing a fucking, was playing like a stand up, like jazz bass. The doom, the doom, the doom, the doom. 
and then came over and asked us about the Oilers. Unreal. <laughs> Anyways, go on. So this game is in Ottawa. Sends Oilers. Last time these two teams played, Oilers dropped one to the Senators, which is really weird because last year when they played the Senators, they didn't lose a single game. Is this karma? I don't know. Uh, looking to right the ship this time around. Matt Murray versus Miko Koskinen, the goalie duel from goalie duel from hell. First period, lo and behold, Senators score first. Auto, uh, Oilers give up another first period, first goal of the game. Uh, great. Thomas Shabbat, assisted from Brady Kachuk and Sanford. Connor McDavid, the king, the guy who was pointless against Montreal, uh, decides that he's going to lace him up and makes it 1-1 from Yamo and Boosh. Who is this young man? Nicholas Paul gets a power play goal uh, and makes it 2-1 for the Senators. And that is the way it stood until the second period when Darnell Norris Nurse from Zachary Hyman and hard-working Derek Ryan ties it up 2-2. We are headed to overtime. And in the extra frame, with less than a minute left, roughly around 40 seconds, none other than Timmy Strudel decides to get the game winner from Thomas Shabbat and Brady Kachuk. 3-2 uh, Senators. Tough. Uh, I know I talk shit, but Matt Murray, two goals allowed, 37 saves, 0.949 goals against average. Played a really good game for the, for the Senators that day. Uh, Sens is about 50-50 for draws. They were one for two on the power play. Oilers, again, were 0 for three, were out hit, and marginally outshot them Senators 39 to 31. Honestly, I did watch a good portion of this game. I wasn't really blown away by it. It was just kind of a meh. But uh, with that out of the way, the what would have been five game win streak is snapped four wins in a row and an overtime point still not too bad considering the major slide they were on in December and January but Nolan like a phoenix rises from the ashes tell us about your weekend in Ottawa weekday in Ottawa I don't know fucking where I am right now so first and foremost appreciate your recap of the game uh, Matt Murray still looking like a like a forty eight year old worn out detective of twenty five years that's that, just waiting you to see, finish the last case. Did you see that picture of him? He looks disheveled. <laughs> like he he's looks, been in a he's been he in a looks, food dehydrator. He looks weathered. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Like a like a worn out catcher's mitt. <laughs> he looks like he's played in the league for that's a years. that's a wet hot American. The worn out catcher's mitt is a is a wet hot American summer joke. I I I love I I love the pull. Thank you, Biles. No problem. Shout out West Coast Mel. Um, <laughs> I kill you. Um, but yes. So Taylor and I had tickets to go to this game, and I was really excited about it. And then they announced the the restrictions that are currently going on in Ontario, which were. Uh, basically, they announced at the end of January that, or sorry, no, middle of January, that the restrictions were going to go to, that were going to change on January 31st, which was the day of the game. Those restrictions went for, uh, went to 500 or 50% capacity, whichever is less. So naturally, boo, my tickets got canceled. Canceled like Kevin Spacey. So... 
Not great. Not great for old Nolan. But you know what? We decided to still make a nice little romantic weekend out of it. We decided to... I, I still had the reservations for our hotel we had. So we decided to stay at the lovely... Um, Actually, you know what? I'm not. I'm not because they they gave me shit. I'm not going to tell people where I stayed this weekend. Um, so we stayed at at this hotel, and we stayed with a buddy of ours beforehand. Shout out Dennis, and he told us when we were over at his place, "Hey, that's a really nice hotel. That's actually where the Oilers, or that's actually where hockey teams usually stay." And I was like, "Holy smokes, that's insane! I'm very excited." Uh, so. We get into Kanata, we get our hotel, and uh, Taylor and I decide that we need to stop at Sh- Shoppers Drug Mart and pick up some pick up some toothpaste. We walk out of Shoppers Drug Mart, and you know how all hockey players basically dress the same miles. Yes. Yeah. It, naturally, it's a you know a a a a, a long pea coat, typically some nice pants, and yeah, it's basically all the same Hoodie long shoes. slender yeah l- long slender body. Uh, you forgot toque. You forgot toque and uh, flowing lettuce. But go on. Uh, well, this person had both. Or I don't know if the lettuce was really there. I don't think it was. Maybe, maybe not. He doesn't have very long hair right now. But anyways, walk out of there. Bang. Who do I see? I look over at Taylor. I said, "Oh my god, I think that's Nuge." And she says, "No, it's not." And I look at him again, and he's wearing a mask. And I said, "So." Don't freak out, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, he's wearing a mask, and he and I can I, I can see the eyes. I know the eyes, and he's kind of hanging around the front of the. He's kind of hanging around outside the front of the store. Eventually, he walks in. Taylor says to me, "You got to go in and talk to him." I said, "You're right." So turn around, go inside, pretend to buy a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos that we really didn't need, but I picked them up anyways, and then kind of did like sort of a a recce around the. Recky around the inside of the store kind of had to choose which angle to take it from. Lo and behold. Yes, you stalked it. You stalked him. I certainly did. And you know what the best part of that was? Taylor was in the truck. And and you know how Shoppers has those big windows? She watched every minute of it. Like a, like a deer hunter. Yes. And inevitably got up to Mr. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And I, I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. I was just like. Hey man, I don't want to be a I don't want to be an annoying asshole, but I just wanted to say I'm a huge fan. And you know, he replied with, "Thanks, buddy." And buddy. That was it. That was it. I got a buddy out of it. That is and, huge. Yeah, very big. So, get to our hotel. Pretty quiet evening because we ordered room service. My my goal of this whole trip was that I wanted to get to our hotel and then put on a put on a hotel robe and hang out my robe for a good 24 hours. And disgusting. I got my robe. Don't worry. Very sick. Pretty stinky afterwards, but like very sick. So, not I'm not a hotel robe guy. Really? No. I mean, it's no, it's no different than putting a towel on. No, but it's just like it's a robe. Like I just pictured like Tony Soprano just out of breath having that's sex what, with a call girl. That's what makes it sick. Oh, jeez Louise. I mean, you, you might as well write off hotels in their entirety if that's the case. I do. You don't like hotels. Don't, don't travel. Stay home. Be a man. Alrighty then. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm trying to be that guy. I'm trying to be that guy from TikTok. I uh, I okay. I I I I, pro- I promise I won't stretch this stretch this out too long. Anyways, bang. Wake up in the morning. Taylor and I look at each other. Let's go down and see if they have like a if they have like a. Uh, 
uh, what the hell do they call it? Uh, no, Continental breakfast. Continental breakfast, that thing. Walk downstairs, and elevator hits ground floor. Turn turn right, ding, opens up, looks, that's Zach Cassian. Um, and, yep, I walked up to him and told him, big fan, while I was grinning through my teeth, because uh, I didn't mean that. Uh- <laughs> yeah, you, sh- you shit talked it. I'm done with Zach Cassian. No, not the five episodes ago. I'm fucking done with him. He doesn't try hard. <laughs> That's a really mean impression of me, Miles. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. My name is Miles Fuchs. I wear glasses. Uh, anyways. Uh, <laughs> guilty as charged. I do. <laughs> anyways, Zach Cassian, low-key, kind of a dick. Just kind of responds with, thanks. <laughs> Not even a buddy, which is a little annoying. But anyways. So we realized, we realized the Oilers are here. This is exciting. This is a really good time. So what we did, we had our coffee. I, I, we, I had a, like a breakfast sandwich. Taylor had a bagel, and we each had a coffee. Miles, guess how much it came to? Nineteen dollars. Very close, twenty-one. Uh, but the we we were the spot we were able to sit in. We actually sat right at the front window for the first little bit and watched all the Oilers walk out, including. Connor McDavid, ladies and gentlemen, I was in the presence of greatness. It was so cool. And then I walked out to try and get like a closer look at them. And who do I lock eyes with? Can I say because I know? Uh, do you know? Was it? Yes, <laughs> It absolutely was. God, what a tall man. He is, he is long. He's just, he's like the, you remember the, remember that, uh, that era of like Slender Man or whatever? That's literally Yesipuli Arvi. So, locked eyes with him from across the room, down my drink while the rhythms boom. And then we decided, so that was, what that ended up being, we watched their bus take off because naturally they were going to, they, they were going to morning skate. So the thing I realized was, hey, that seems like it's only half the team. So Taylor and I decided to move to the front lobby and sat in the front lobby while all the guys from the second group came out. And holy smokes, did we see some people. We saw guys like Darnell Nurse. Uh, Oh, beep, here's the elevator. Turn around. That's Zach Hyman walking out of the elevator. Very cool to see. And then listen to this lineup. You've got Kyler Yamamoto and Duncan Keith. Wow. You've got Cody Cece and Mike Smith. Interesting. And then the fucking murderers row, the last group that comes out. Who is it? Oh, I'll answer that for you. Warren Fogle, Ryan McLeod, and Evan Bouchard. Just three total stallions. Was Boosh wearing that stupid Blade Runner jacket that he always wears? Dude. Like that dumb that dumb gray one with the weird collar. Sorry, Boosh, but like you're rich now. Hire hire stylist if you can't I figure can't, it out. I can't tell you how freaking cute he looked. Like But what was he wearing the stupid jacket? You absolutely know what I'm talking was. About? A- absolutely it's, was. I, I apologize. It's fucking swagless. I I I, cu- I could have swore I saw the I saw the twinkle from his teeth. But <laughs> Jeez but nonetheless, uh, and then also overheard Ken Holland having a having a chat with Louis DeBrusque and Jack Michaels, um, basically just having like 
COVID talk, like as per any normal older folk do. Uh, so that that was pretty interesting to hear. Um, and that was that was really it for for all those guys to walk out. And then afterwards, um, Taylor and I kind of hung out in our room for a bit. Then we decided to order Uber Eats. Well, come downstairs, wait in the lobby for my Uber Eats to show up. I noticed that the, I noticed that the bus is back, so they're back from morning skate. I'm waiting there for my for my driver to show up. And uh, then I got flagged down by the secure by the by the doorman saying, "Hey, guy, uh, you can't wait. You can't talk to the Oilers when they're here." And I'm like, "No, I know. I'm waiting for Uber. I'm sorry." Um, oh yeah, I forgot to mention too. Uh, Taylor went up to Miko Koskinen and said, "Hi, are you Miko Koskinen? My boyfriend's a big fan." In oh, Taylor just told me to fuck off. Incredible, incredible stuff. But anyways, so they told me not to talk to players because of COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Whatever. Go in the elevator after I get my food. Go back up. Ding. Door opens up. Duncan Keith. Shared an elevator ride with Duncan Keith. Was like, hey, dude, why were you quiet about all this, all the Chicago Blackhawks scandal stuff? You probably should have told. Just kidding. I never said anything like that. I froze with excitement. Um, then get to get to my floor. Say, hey, yeah, I was here for the game. And he says, oh, cool. Thanks, buddy. He's like, thanks for your support. And I'm like, yeah, thanks a lot. Bing, close. Go inside. Tell Taylor, oh, my God, Duncan Keith was in the elevator. Holy shit. What? Then we decide to go to, we decide to, go to the pool. I'm wearing, a ro- I'm wearing my robe. Taylor's wearing her robe. We go down to the second floor where the pool is. Come out of the elevator. Who's at the elevator? Glad you asked, Miles. Jim Playfair. What does Jim Playfair say? Or I say, hey, big fan, Jim. In parentheses, not really, but I'm being nice. Uh, and and Jim Playfair says, "Hey, are you guys going on a little spot trip?" And I said, "Yeah." Or I was like, "Yeah, we're gonna go get a massage and go to the pool and all that." And then we shot the shit for a little bit. And uh, well, I shouldn't say a little bit. It was like probably a thirty second conversation. Basically, told me about the capacity restrictions in Alberta and BC. Yada yada yada. Then, boom! Walk into the pool. Walk through the change room. Walk out the door. Guess who's on my left? Louis DeBrusque and Jack Michaels. Louis DeBrusque shows me where the pool is. Go to the pool. Come back up from the pool. What happens? Louis DeBrusque asked me, hey, is the hot tub open? Wow, I'm having a lot of really cool interactions with Louis DeBrusque. This is really nice. Guy seems awesome. Um, okay, almost done. And then, uh, yeah, the, the then afterwards, we go for our massages. After our massages are done, we come back downstairs, and we went back to our window that we were at earlier, and we watched the entire team get on the bus and leave for good because they had their suitcases and I was sad. Um, however, I would like to tell you a little bit that I kept on doing while I was there. Um, I kept on because, because we knew that Connor McDavid was in the same hotel as us. I kept on going, Connor, pretending if he would like hear me and obviously didn't. And I'm still doing it today. Um, I'm going to out you for a second here, Nolan. Yeah. Um, at what point in this weekend did you FaceTime me eating a poutine with the hotel provided ice tongs? <laughs> that was the that was the last night, so that would that would have been after uh, that was after the hockey game, which would have been yes. the, the the Monday night. I had a couple drinks that night, Miles. <laughs> Yeah, you, your hotel room again looked gross. Like you guys just had <laughs> empty beers. Like you, it looked like a frat. Which, not judging, because that's sick. If anybody loves frat culture, it's me. So I can definitely get behind that. Um, but it made me want to tell a story as well, because as mentioned, Nolan FaceTimes me. He's eating a poutine, and you know the silver tongs that you get to like pull ice cubes out of the like 
container of ice. This man's eating this poutine with these uh, with these tongs through a beer box. And it made me think back to a time where I was recently in a hotel and had <laughs> to do right. something similarly desperate. Um, all right, I, I skipped... put the beer box on my head. I forgot about that. See, it's all it's all coming back to you, hey? All coming back to <laughs> Fuck, this guy. I'm an idiot. <laughs> where, uh, well, I'm about to show you that you're not the only stupid one in this uh, in this duo of podcasters. So I'm in Saskatoon for the crop production show. Did not see any Oilers. Did not see any Flames. Did not see any Canucks. Didn't even see any Blades. Just me and a couple farmers. So. Didn't want to go out, skip the dishes, uh, Chinese food from a restaurant in Saskatoon that had a skip rating of 10.0. I'm like, this is unbelievable. I got to try this. A 10? Unbelievable. Bring it in. Come on. Get it over here. Order a ginger beef and a side of rice. Um, food comes. No disposable cutlery. Shit. Call the front desk. Do you guys have any disposable cutlery? Oh, no, we don't. All we have is silverware. Can I have some? No, it's locked away until the continental breakfast tomorrow. I'm so sorry. I can't get into it. Shit. Uh, so I didn't think to use the ice tongs. Looking back on it, I probably should have. Instead, I used like one of the single serving like plastic drinking cups. Oh, no. And you and would just... picked it up with the single serving cup. We'll just take a little bit of rice. Little bit of ginger beef, kind of swirl it together in the stupid cup, a little bit of sauce, Put it and back pump in it into shot. my mouth. <laughs> Believe it you or wanna not. talk about you wanna talk about a low you wanna talk about a low point in life, Nolan. That might be it for me. I'm pretty sure at one point I, I actually thought about using like the paper cup as well, but I was I wasn't gonna use it to pour it into my mouth. I was gonna use it to like uses tongs basically to like pinch my pinch my 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 food out that was a really good that was a really good uber eats night but yeah very successful trip had a lot of fun i think i'm gonna start doing this every year because now i know where they are and hopefully they're gonna start going they're gonna start going to a different they're gonna start going to a different hotel because they're like (laughs) oh my god it's that weird guy with a beard again it's like the blacklist lizzie I've identified the. I've uh, I've watched the blacklist once, and it was because my mom was super into it. The only way you're allowed to do that again is if you promise me you'll ask uh, Zach Hyman if he has any games on his phone. No, the the better question is Connor. What kind of snacks are you eating, and why are they kale chips? <laughs> too much salt, too much sodium. He doesn't have them. Um. Any final stories from your trip to Ottawa, Nolan? I think I think I think we've covered all bases, Miles. I appreciate I appreciate the final tally though, just to make sure that I I, I have exposed all options. It was a very well, pleasurable yeah. weekend. A very pleasurable. Yeah, it was packed with pleasure. I'm glad, Nolan, that you had fun and that um, it was enjoyable and that you um, stayed safe. I like to hear that. Thank you, Miles. Hashtag stay safe. Hashtag stay safe. Uh, But Nolan, after one trip to a nation's capital, the Oilers decided to um, fly south like a goose in the winter and go to another nation's capital where they took on the Washington Capitals. So before this game got underway, Nolan, there was a a little bit of an announcement, a little bit of of news that broke, and that was surrounding... NHL superstar, Capitals captain, 
Alexander Ovechkin, who came down with the vid, will not be playing that game nor the All-Star game because he is COVID positive. He's out. Oilers are against the Capitals, uh, who are without, as mentioned, Ovi and TJ Oshie. It is the Oilers' first game in Washington since November 2018. And Nolan, uh, what did you title this game? I titled it. They actually beat a really good team, and it wasn't that worrisome because I talk in hyperbole a lot on the show. I know that. But a lot of these games I've been watching recently, I've been saying, is that like the best Oilers win or the best Oilers performance? And this is right up there, to be completely honest. I know, like, this is kind of getting into, like, the meat and potatoes of it all. I know they blew a 3-0 lead, and you don't like to see that. But this was a good team taking on a good team and getting the better of that good team. And I think that's incredibly admirable, and I think that's a, a very big reason to get excited. Because the start of this game was like poetry. Three quick ones from Leon, Evander Kane scoring his second goal in three games, and Connor McDavid on the power play. They just got off to a hell of a start, um, putting the pressure on Washington, firing shots on goal. After the first period, the shots were 12-6, to and that was only because Washington was starting to clamp down a little bit defensively after that third Connor McDavid goal. Uh, but in that first period, Lars Eller makes it 3-1, and then eventually, in the second period, the the Capitals did come back. But should we just should we should we should we just talk about um, the uh, 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 Nugent Hopkins and uh, Zach Hyman combo? Take it away. So, with about four minutes left in the game, Tyson Berry, Tyson Berry, Tyson Berry, not a very good game. For my friend Tyson Berry, <laughs> uh, he decides to take a a, a a a really bad penalty in the offensive zone, and uh, the Oilers are shorthanded. So naturally, Dave Tippett chucks out his two lead penalty killers in Zach Hyman and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, a couple of nice skilled forwards that are good defensively. It's good. It's good stuff to see. And what happens? Well, like poetry. Zach Hardwork and Zach Hyman and Ryan Nugent Hopkins score shorthanded. Well, Nuge did shorthanded to put the Oilers up four three in the hockey game with four minutes left, like a real character win. And lo and behold, Ryan Nugent Hopkins puts away his second goal of the game to put them up five three with the empty net to win five three over the Washington Capitals. And realistically speaking, this wasn't a domination by by either team. Really, it was shots were fairly even. Um, but the main twenty seven twenty seven yeah twenty seven twenty seven. The main storyline of this game was the Oilers beat a good team and they beat them pretty convincingly. And it was one of those things where you want you want to go up against teams and you want to be on an even playing field. And it seemed like these two were on an even playing field. Um, now, with, with that being said, Ilya Samsonov was not fantastic to start the game for the Capitals, but it was about how the Oilers responded after the tide, 
after the tying goal by Washington. Um, I just, I was, I don't know about you, I was just so happy to see this. And it seemed like, I mean, we even saw it a little bit. Connor McDavid gets smoked by Garnet Hathaway, and Kyler Yamamoto and Evander Kane both kind of answer the bell a little bit, like go to kind of stick up for their captain. And that's cool to see. I like I like those cool character wins, but um, on a side note, I love I love Yamo, but uh, the, we we need we need to get a finisher on that line with Kane and McDavid because uh, Yamo needs to start uh, needs to start cashing in on those. No doubt, I think that that chemistry will come. Uh, Nolan, yes. I think that that kind of wraps up the game against the Capitals. Is there anything else you wanted to say there, or do we want to get into a little bit of Kane discussion? We can get into the Kane discussion. Very nice. So thoughts on Evander Kane so far. What Do you have his numbers in front of you for what he's done with the Oilers uh, in his four games? I believe he's three points in three games. Three points in three games. Will, we love I to will, see it. I will, so, I will, I will for, pull up the numbers now. Hold on. But go on. So while you do that, um, I would just uh, – my, my two cents. And going back to the last episode that we did, talking about Evander Kane and coming on to the Oilers and being optimistic about him, blah, 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 blah. So far – seems to be paying off. He's been playing good. If you watch the games, he's very hungry. He's very physical on the puck. Um, he's going after stuff for McDavid, dishing him out, keeping plays alive, and is just kind of doing exactly what we were hoping he would do. Very, very sick. Um, it is very early to say, but I am very happy with him. And I think that he has potential to be like a, the potential to be the best on Leon Dreisaitl line mate Connors had. Uh, since Patrick Maroon. I think that he's very complimentary to the type of player that Pat Maroon was for Connor McDavid. And that was a good duo. I think a lot of people forget, uh, especially other fans forget just how good those two players played together and how close they were because of like, and Pat Maroon's a good guy, probably a better guy than Evander Kane, but played a very similar style uh, to, to what Kane is doing while Kane is just like more offensively gifted. So he plays that hard nose four checker puck digging out hard work and dirty area kind of hockey that is so complimentary to McDavid with more offensive skill. So I'm really excited to see what's going to happen with the two of them playing together. And like you said, throw a third player on that line, like a, I don't know, I don't necessarily want Puliarvi there I like him online too with those guys um, but just once they figure out how they want to go with that line I think it could be really really special so Evander Kane has three points in three games and is a plus five already now with that being said you got to take that you got to take that that Montreal game into account that's going to go a long way <clears throat> but all signs are I mean one stat that's actually kind of mind-blowing to me, Miles, he's played in three games. How many hits do you think he has? Say 11. 15. Pretty damn good. In three games, considering his last season in San Jose, he had 97 and 56 games. Like, it's a guy that's throwing the body around. And the, the biggest thing with him is as long as he can keep out of the penalty box and he can stop being a dick off the ice. And 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 to be completely honest, all we need is this all we need is this year out of Evander Kane. Because I'm not expecting 
I, I think it might be a bit of a mistake on Ken Holland's part to offer this guy a multi-year extension after the season is over because history speaking, it, it doesn't line up incredibly well for Evander Kane. Um, but I'm happy with the results so far. Um, I, I, I know they tried him out on the first unit on the power play, uh, in the Ottawa game. I know that he was off it in last night's game. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more excited actually to see what he can do in a little bit more open space. Cause one thing I watched in his highlights was that this guy can just shoot the puck. So his goals that he's scored so far are, are really good tippins, but I like the idea of him being able to come down the wing with Connor McDavid and just being able to just snipe it because Connor hasn't had a guy like that. I don't think, I mean, really besides, like you said, Leon Dreisaitl. Um, and it just gives a lot more versatility to the lineup, especially putting, I mean, Ryan Nugent Hopkins has had a hell of a week. Um, since moving down to that third line with Zach Hyman, they have incredible chemistry. And to be honest, I would love to see someone like Tyler Benson on that line with them. Just to see, just to see what's there. Because there could be something really special there. Or maybe you move Kyler Yamamoto down onto that line. And then maybe you try Tyler Benson with like Leon Dreisaitl or whatever. It just might, it might help change things up a little bit, right? Yeah, move Pooley RV up but Benson on line two. I don't know. Interesting to see what they can do, but they definitely have options. And uh, the performances in the past few games is definitely a uh, cause for celebration. So hoping that after the all-star break, they're going to be able to get back to it and keep pumping the net full of goals and pumping the standings full of W's. Speaking of pumping the net full of goals, Nolan, this week it was the 10-year anniversary of the eight-point night for one Sam Gagne. Uh, Nolan from Regina asks, how many beers did Sam Gagne drink? Do you know why I asked, or do you know why I said Nolan from Regina? Because that was the game that you got your question on Oilers after hours, correct? Not after hours. I I asked a question to ask an Oiler. Actually, I've asked multiple questions to ask an Oiler. Uh, Maybe I'll, maybe I'll put that audio in the background, but, uh, Basically, it was uh, I. I asked him about think, like how it feels to be a veteran. He was like, "Oh, it's pretty cool." Nice. Yes, very cool. Very cool stuff. Uh, to answer your question, though, he definitely drank eight in honor of eight. You know what, man? The, I thought you put that in there originally um, for the picture of him and Joey Moss, because there's that really cute picture of the two of them after that game. They're both holding the Coors Light and they got yeah. their arms around each other. Yeah. And then. This week, when uh, because it was the anniversary, Sam Gagne posted on his Instagram, and it was a picture of the two of them. And he was like, eight point night, like celebrating with a beer, miss you, buddy." And it was just like, just oh, somebody's cutting onions in my office right now, Nolan, because that made me a very emotional boy. They need to bring him back in some way, like in some, some way. way, some way he has to come back because. I, and I honestly don't understand how, how like why he I mean I, I guess he signed in Detroit because he's getting playing time but like man I want Sam Gagne back so badly because he just seems like such an awesome dude and is that little bit of lineage we still have with like yes that was a dark period for us as fans but he just kept things a little exciting and yeah that that eight point night is a prime example of what made Sam Gagne so awesome like he was supposed to be the number one center for this team that was unfortunately improperly casted in that role. Um, 
but and I, I I'm I'm still pissed McTavish traded him. I still remember where I like watching that game on my couch in our house and just being like, holy shit, like Your this house. guy is going house. <laughs> this guy's going full supernova point, 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 goal, goal, like just crazy. Remember when um, he like remember when he followed that up with like didn't he follow it up with like a five point performance or something like that? It was like something insane and everyone was like, Oh, is is Sam Gagne now like a superstar? Because I think he played Detroit. It was the age-old like question: Is Sam gone? Is it, it, the age-old question? Is Sam Gagne elite? Yeah, definitely started the started the conversation. But I don't know, man. I just look, I look back on those period of that period of of Oilers time with such a like nostalgic sadness. It's so many different emotions. But that picture of him and Joey Moss is really, really sweet. And I think that that's just a nice reminder and a nice. Rem- reminder of the type of guy that Sam Gagne is and and how how special Joey Moss was to the Oilers as a team. So Absolutely, man. Shout out to them. Well, let's move on to the All-Star game because or cuz there's a there's a couple of things about the All-Star game that are going on. And we'll be out of here pretty shortly. I just wanted to sort of touch on a couple of things here. First and foremost, with Alexander Ovechkin no longer taking place in the All-Star game. Naturally, uh, his, his most Im- impressive, well, maybe not impressive, but the most logical replacement, Thomas Wilson, has been named an All-Star, replacing teammate Alexander Mikhailovich Ovechkin. I just wanted to just say his middle name because it's really fun to say. Who's replacing Batherson? Is that Brady Kachuk? Yes, it is yes. Brady Kachuk. So a couple late changes to the all-star rosters but speaking of the all-stars nolan uh the nhl today on their social medias outlined the participants of the various uh, skills competitions now nolan i have them in front of me here i yes. will name the competition um for the new competitions we'll chat about what they are a little bit and then we will talk about the participants and we will each name the player we think will win okay. how does that sound sounds good perfect so this is one that I always really like. This is one that I think every kid imitated in their driveway um, with either pop cans or like actual targets or even just on their shooter tutor. But this is the accuracy shooting skill competition. The candidates are Leon Dreisaitl, Clayton Keller, Rasmus Dahlin, Sebastian Ajo, Jake Getzel, Troy Terry, Johnny Gaudreau, Patrice Bergeron, and Jonathan Marchessault. I know I'm going to be very biased in saying this, but I do believe this will be Leon Dreisaitl. Interesting. Um, my heart wants to say Leon Dreisaitl, but I th- think Ajo is going to win it. Absolutely ludicrous to me that Austin Matthews or Alex DeBrincat is not in this competition. Yeah, that's Especially psychotic. Matthews. That's psycho That doesn't shit. make sense. Maybe they want to keep it interesting because Matthews would go like three for four. He'd shoot one off the bar and then like hit two targets, kind of like yeah. the... Uh, 710 split in bowling. I'm surprised that they don't have because remember they had that like that whole passing competition in the, yeah. the last uh, All Star game. Because if that was the case, that would have been Leon Dreisaitl's like competition to win easy for sure. But no, I think he, he could be sneaky. Uh, another dark horse there, I think, is Troy Terry. I think Troy Terry could be really good yeah, in that. He's been he's been extremely hot, 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 hot. physically uh, and performance wise. <laughs> 
the next competition, Nolan, is the Fountain Face-Off. Now, are you familiar with how this one's going to work? I can this read This is a new you, one for this year. I can read you the uh, uh, the synopsis from the NHL website if you'd like. I would sure like that. Okay, so uh, here it is right here. Competition takes place on the iconic Bellagio Fountains. Players will travel by boat to the rink uh, and are required to successfully shoot pucks into five targets in the least amount of time. Qualifying players move to the head-to-head final. Fountain spray and the breeze and the breeze off the strip will add to the challenge of this unprecedented NHL All-Star Skills event. And it's pretty cool. Like it's a very uh, like the 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 visual magnitude of this event is going to be really impressive. Um, I just hope the NHL doesn't ruin it with their lame presentation of it. Um, yeah, the musical act. Um, fucking, I don't even. I can't even think of anybody condescending to say, but like, yeah, the NHL is going to find a way to screw this up. Logistically, though, that is, is very interesting to me because like the Bellagio is like pretty far away from T-Mobile Arena. Big Vegas guy knows a lot about the city. Um, but just, I wonder how they're going to get them there in equipment, like put skates on them and stuff. I don't know. And then, and then get them back. There's going to be a big TV timeout by boat. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. So the participants in the fountain face off, uh, hot guy, Roman Yossi, Nick Suzuki, Zach Ransky, hometown boy, Mark Stone, Jonathan Huberdo, Claude Jaroux, Jordan Eberle, and... I can't even try for this one. Justin Lemieux Davidson. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, um, So she, she's a professional hockey player as well. Yeah. Uh, and she's getting, she's one of the additions uh, to the to the weekend, and she's going to be competing in the fountain face-off. So um, I don't know. I've never actually – I'm not sure what team she plays on. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I I think that I think it's. I mean, it's it's very well. First and foremost, she's a three time Olympic medalist, which is very impressive. So we gotta uh, get we gotta give credit where credits. Due. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but from what I actually know from the players that I know, um, you know, I think that's like a sneaky Roman Yossi one. Yeah, I think I think it could be a sneaky Roman Yossi one. Yeah, I'm thinking Huberto myself. You're probably right. I mean, at at this point, it, it, it all just depends what happens in the game or what, uh, what happens in the event, right? Yeah, Jordan Everly's going to win this one, like, handedly, and everyone's going to be like, no way! Five, five sure. He's going to get, like, <laughs> a superstar sure. X-Factor in NHL 22. Dude, probably. Okay, what's the next, next one, Miles? Next event is the fastest skater. Now, this one is the one that's going to get people talking. The offside king himself, Chris Kreider, uh, from the Los Angeles Kings, Adrian Kempe, the ugliest guy in the NHL, Kyle Connor, cocaine cowboy, Evgeny Kuznetsov, speedster from St. Louis, Jordan Cairo, Dylan Larkin, kids got wheels, Kale McCarr, great skater, and the one, the only, the king, Connor McDavid. I was worried for a second you were about to tell me that Connor McDavid was not in this, not in this, uh, in in this challenge. So I'm, whew, thank goodness. And in my opinion, this is a three horse race. I think it's going to be Kale McCarr that's going to win it. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be Dylan Larkin. He's won it before and 
I don't know, man. I just, for some reason, I think that he's just going to go out there and just fly unless that C on his Jersey makes him a little bit too heavy. That very well could be kale, but I don't think it's going to be Connor myself. But part of me is also thinking to myself, Connor's probably sick of people saying he's not the fastest player in the league. And he's probably, so he, 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 he might, might just, just he it. might, he might win it out of spite. Honestly. Yeah. And then never do it again. That's such a Connor McDavid thing to do. It would be, um, Nolan, the next one, this it sucks to say. Like, this is going to be so stupid. Are we talking about the 21? Um, no, we're talking about hardest shot. Oh, yeah. Because okay. the contestants are Adam Pellick, Timo Meyer, Victor Hedman, and Tom Wilson. <laughs> like, this why? So much, this would have been so much better if Ovechkin was a part of it. Or, isn't Stamkos in the All-Star game? Yeah, and he wasn't in the accuracy contest either. Oh my god! What like, a joke. why are they putting this guy? I don't know. But like Timo Meyer, like really, and uh, actually, if you look at some of the statistics for goal score, Austin Matthews is like top six in the NHL for hardest shot, like on average for the goals he scores. So, is ridiculous. I feel like I always hear that Adam Pellick has like a ridiculously hard shot, so I will give it to Adam Pellick. Although Victor Hedman's also... probably like the natural selection because he's massive. That's what I was gonna say. I think a lot of people are gonna have Victor Hedman picked for this one, uh, but I think it's gonna be Adam Pellick, and I do think that Tom Wilson's gonna actually be kind of sneaky here. Yeah, just he's because like of the a like, mammoth of a man. Yeah. and he's strong and big. Yeah, I don't know. I could see Tom Wilson. Um, actually maybe sneakily winning this one, but I'm still going to say Adam Pellick. Really hot, and then everyone's going to be like, go Islanders. Tom Wilson, really hot, by the way. Tom Wilson, really hot, by the way, confirmed. Breakaway challenge. I'm glad to see the NHL bringing this one back, and yeah. they've also done something cool here by adding a player who is not an all-star, but is a current NHL player. So the breakaway challenge participants are the hometown guy, Alex Pinerangelo. Alex DeBrincat, Jack Hughes, Krill Kaprizov, and Trevor Zegers. Of course. So cool that they got Zegers doing that. He's the guy who's an NHL player who's not an all-star. Shout out to him. Um, but like, I understand that they probably have to have a D-man in this. But why is it better Angelo? It's because he's the home guy. I get it. But like, still, it just, I don't know. You have a hand up. Yes, because I wanted to tell you about. A, there's a couple other people that are also are that are also taking part in, in this event. Uh, uh, Menon Rayam, who is the first woman to ever play in an NHL game, I believe she was she played goaltender, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, For Tampa Bay. Yeah, 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 as well as actor Wyatt Russell, best known for his role in the Goon Two. Okay, I'm glad you know who Wyatt Russell is. Yeah, he's uh, a goalie as well, I believe. Hey. Is he? Oh, I I, I, I had no so, idea. Yeah. But that's that's yeah. that's pretty sick. I I like Wyatt Russell. I I think he's just he's just a cool dude, and he's also got a cool dad. His dad's Kurt Russell. <laughs> he was really that's his dad. Yeah, that's sick. They look they look like identical. He also plays a uh, he makes a cameo in This Is Forty, where yeah. he's like yeah. with a with a bunch of Philadelphia Flyers players, and they're out at the club hitting on the hitting on the moms and Megan Fox. Scott Hartnell is just looking so red in that movie, so red because he's got the he's got the uh, the whiskey whiskey blossoms. 
gin blossoms you mean gin blossoms whiskey blossoms whatever <laughs> whiskey glasses <laughs> i don't want to see the truth um i have a friend who just recently watched uh watched this is 40 not a great film i re i watched it fairly recently when i was doing my whole like apatow rewatch bit of a bit of a tough hang in scenes because it uh gets str- it, it wears itself out a little too thin at points there's a couple really good parts in it, though. There like, are a couple um, of really... I, I love Chris O'Dowd in that movie. I think he's hilarious. The um, the scene where they're talking about... Uh, where they're talking about the commercial with Graham Parker. And he's like... He's like, you can't be showing Graham Parker as a young man and then show him as an old man. It's terrifying to people. He's like, you need to Benjamin Button it. Like, um, I like Paul Rudd in that movie. Like, they, they're chirping his hair. Like, your hair looks stupid. He's like, I'm growing it out. And then... I also like that he's like a bike dad, like a cycle yeah. dad. I think is really funny. But yeah, shout out to the uh, person who watched that film. Was this who I think it was? Yeah. Okay. Sick. I can't can't do two in the same episode, or else I think people will unsubscribe. Uh, Save streak, Nolan. This is one that all the goalie fans are big about, and uh, I'm goaler, excited. To see- goaler fans. Goaler fans. Yeah. All the big goaler fans. So I'm gonna stand on my soapbox and just absolutely about some of these guys that are going to be taking part we have jackery campbell do you notice i said jackery more like more like more like jack offery campbell he's just jack because he's just jacking off (laughs) oh i don't jack off (laughs) ozo the clown so we got jack campbell cam talbot andre vasilevsky frederick anderson Thatcher, Margaret Demko, Tristan Jari, and Jan Gibson. Nolan, stop. Who's winning the at NHL's? Oh, sorry. I'll try again. Stop. Who's winning the at Duncan NHL save streak? Stop sign emoji. Uh, uh, I'll go out on a limb and just say like John Gibson. John Gibson, eh? Yeah. I think it. I'm gotta go with my boy. I think it's gonna be Juice Saros. Juice, Juice Saros. Juice Saros. Now, Nolan, this last one here is the 21 in 22 uh, skills competition, and I am going to need you to explain what this one is. Okay, so I will read off what this is, and then I will kind of tell you a couple things about about it that. Or I'll, I'll tell you how I feel about it. So, their description of it is shutting down part of Las Vegas Boulevard to hang a deck, full deck of oversized cards on a rack puts a new twist on street hockey. 21 in 22 is a game of chance, strategy, and skill. The object of the game is to achieve a hand of 21 without going bust in the least number of shots. The player who wins two rounds is crowned Puck Shark. First off, very horny description. I don't like that. <laughs> Secondly, there's something like kind of not chill about an all-star game that's effectively marketed towards children and putting a gambling event in it. And I understand it's Las Vegas and you want to do, but like, there was a big deal about calling the Vegas team the Las Vegas Aces because they were like, we don't want to associate to gambling. 
And I just think it's a little weird to normalize gam- gambling as much as we have. And I know that that's kind of ironic coming from me, the uh, the 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 dirtbag gambler on this podcast. <laughs> but I just think that like there's a difference between legalizing, um, like for example, like losing, like like legalizing marijuana, because marijuana, for the most part, isn't ruining people's lives, like. Gambling is a very, very, very serious thing, and I think that we need to kind of maybe rein it in a little bit on how much we are we are putting gambling into the forefront of our sports. Um, and this kind of goes into not only this, but also like for example, I was watching I was watching TSN the other night, no free ads, and they had a point on SportsCenter where they were like talking about like certain teams on like the money line or the puck line or like prop bets and stuff. And I think to myself, like I I get where you're coming from and I get that, that gambling is legal now, but I think we just need to rein it in a little bit because the last thing I think a, like a 13 year old needs while they're watching the sick NHL skills competition is to be talking about gambling with their parents afterwards. And then being say, Oh my God. So you can, so you can wager things in order to win things. Wow. That's a great idea because Nolan personally, uh, succumbed to uh, somewhat of gambling as a child when he had one of those you know those uh you know those like vending games where it's like you have to put the little key in the hole and then you could win a fucking ipod or something like that or like the stacker game and that's effectively gambling as a child but i just i just think that we need to just calm down a little bit on the gambling aspect and and putting it into the forefront as much as we have been yeah man i mean i agree with you like kind of but like also counterpoint like ruckers and chuck e cheese like we have legitimate child casinos that have existed long before sports yeah, gambling and that's, and that's where i was making the comparison with the uh uh with like those like vending games where it's like you dump a bunch of money and even though you're probably not gonna win yeah but no, dude, I remember being like six and going to the Vibank Bazaar, which got held at the hall every year. And you would put a nickel down on a card, like a like a number and a suit. So the more nickels you put down, the better chance you had of winning. And you could sit there and play odds. And, you know, like however many times, if you won whatever, you'd win like a chocolate bar or something. And you could fucking run that table if you were just good at guessing. Because it's gambling, right? Yeah. Um. And I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, man, like after all, it is 2022. Like I can be 12 and flick on MTV and see Dua Lipa shaking her booty to a music video of Levitate and featuring the baby. So sex, drugs, and rock and roll is everywhere as much as we want to say it's not. So I don't know. I think it's up to parents and the school system to teach kids and, and let them know the difference between right and wrong, because the it's not the NHL's job to do that for you. But that being said, they have Steven Stamkos, Joe Pavelski, Brady Kachuk, Austin Matthews, and Nazem Kadri as the participants in the 21 and 22 skills challenge. Nolan, who do you think is going to be the CAD shack? I mean, Austin Matthews is pretty cool. Let's just go with him. I agree. I think Austin Matthews is cool too. Um, just so that I'm not the same as you, I'm going to say Brady Kachuk. And also, Matthews probably done his fair share of gambling himself. 
<laughs> if I lose, uh, you get to shave racing stripes into the side of my mullet. If I lose, no, uh, if I lose, I'm gonna show you my butt. I'm just kidding. I'll do that without. <laughs> uh, okay. We talked about the skills competition. Is there anything else regarding the All Star Game that we need to cover? I don't think so, but okay. I think we should be quick about this next one because it's we will... gross, but but it's worth yeah, mentioning. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we want to mention it. Obviously, everybody knows, and this is the nice part about recording today on Thursday. But uh, last night, the, the Chicago Blackhawks had a, I believe it was like a season. It was like a a fan and press meeting or something like that that was live streamed, uh, and. President, CEO and Chairman Rocky Wirtz, or President and CEO, or whatever the hell you want to call him, Rocky Wirtz, snapped at reporters Mark Lazarus and Phil Thompson last night for following up on the fallout from the Kyle Beach scandal, uh, in which he essentially tried to say, it's not 2010, or that was back in 2010, we're looking towards the future, we're not talking about it anymore. Well, uh, newsflash, Rocky Wirtz, uh, this is going to cloud your organization for a very long time. so just I'm not I'm not surprised anymore at this point. Like that's why I probably don't even need to really spend much time on it. I was like, why am I surprised? This is a fucking hockey team that has covered up sexual assault scandals for now t- 10, 10 plus years. So we really we, we really shouldn't be expecting anything different out of the mouth of Rocky where it's 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 empty promises. And that's exactly what was expected. Um, Miles. One dimension to you. Did you happen to see what Darren Drager report or what uh, per Darren said tonight? I did not regarding the Chicago Blackhawks. No, sir. They're interviewing for a general manager position. Who do you think they're interviewing? Oh God, is it Peter Shirelli? It is Peter Shirelli. Um, I saw a funny tweet yesterday, and I want to find it here. It's it's very good, and it's it's topical. Um, uno momento, uno momento. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Um, the team that just hired Marion Hosa and Patrick Sharp to lead their GM search wants you to know they've moved on from 2010. Funny. Then- are, you ch- are you eating chips? Dude, cool ranch. Fucking hard. Um, down yeah. goes Brown, baby. I shot a tweet. I love, I, I love that man. So that's that's that. Blackhawks, man. Bad. Uh, Blackhawks, bad. Tough. Fuck you, Rocky. Nolan, yes. that about does it for the episode. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Or could I hit next week's game agenda? You can hit next week's game agenda because holy shit, we got a lot of games coming up. The Oilers are very much behind on their games in the standings, so it is a fucking marathon to the finish here. Hell yeah, brother. So there's no games this weekend, which is good because some of us um, need to catch up on the Pickapalooza standings, which I have been working on. Um, So I'm saying it on the record. If I do not have the Palooza stats standings posted, by the time the Oilers play the Vegas Golden Knights on the 8th. You have to share a picture of your butthole to everybody on Instagram. No, everybody who listens to this is allowed to give is allowed to say one insult to me the next time they see me. One insult, whatever you want. Oh, nice. <laughs> so we will have Palooza standing updates 
before the next Oilers game. So after that game against the um, Golden Knights, they play the Blackhawks the next night in Chicago. Then they play the Islanders on 02-11. And then they play San Jose on the 14th. Happy Valentine's Day to all the gales out there. And all the guys, too. And all the guys, too. We we got to remember all the guys on Valentine's Day, too. We just we Amen. we some we sometimes deserve some gifts. Them them ladies don't always deserve everything. <laughs> Boy, what uh, a way to end it! What a cancelable fucking what? thing to say. That's great, Nolan. If I don't yes. talk to you by then, happy Valentine's Day to you and yours. Happy V Day, Dad. Thanks for tuning in to the second season of One for One. For what episode this may be. As always, it's been a pleasure. It's been a slice. Uh, thank you for tuning in and being nice. And as always, go Oilers go. Go Oilers go.